Hey everyone, we hope you're having a great week. My name is Eric Johnson, and along with my wife Candace, we are the lead pastors of Studio. We are based in Greenville, South Carolina, and we just want to take a moment and say hello and say thanks for listening to this podcast. So with that, let's get right to it. I think it's just good to do family stuff like that every once in a while. Like, I don't know if you guys know who's sitting around you, but there are great people all around you. And it would be a bummer if we come here and don't take advantage of that because you're the gift to each other. And I believe too, like Tanasha was talking about the homes, but I believe as well, like we, we all know we have a great destiny and a big destiny, but I also believe that the keys to your destiny are actually sitting around you. I mean, the keys to your unlocking your destiny are sitting all around you. There's stuff that they have that you need. You just haven't met them yet. So you don't know. So make sure to take time just to talk to the people around you before you leave, because there's some great ones. So the next thing I want to say as I'm getting ready to share is I just want to say congratulations. Congratulations because you made it to today. You made it to today. Because I don't know if you guys have experienced the last couple years, but they've been very full. I mean, full of a lot of things and probably a lot of things in your life that I don't know. But I all know that we went through COVID. We went through national shutdown. We went through natural disasters. We've been through crazy political climate. We've been through viruses. We've been through vaccinations. We've been through, now we're, um, there's a war in the world. I mean, there's so much stuff going on. I don't think that we'll ever have the world like it was before 2020. That's just a reality. Like stuff has changed. Just, it was nice. It's not gonna go back to that. So what do we get the opportunity to do now is awesome. Because when something has changed, God always has something new for us. But the thing that is on my heart is when things get so much, when there's so much pain, so much tension, so much transition. I mean, how many of you have moved in the last two years from another state? You were probably part of the great migration. I mean, this is, this is something that's real. If you look at history during the last couple of years, many people have transitioned um, great locations, like great distance. And we've been a part of that. And I'm not saying we moved because of all the same reasons, but there has been so much transition. And often when things are so intense and um, there's so much change and often so much pain, like I don't think that I have ever been so, um, I don't know, aware of so many deaths. Like it feels like no matter when I'm looking at the news, it could be really prominent figures. It could be um, a famous athlete or someone in their thirties. They're like, there was just a, we don't know why they died. They just died or their just heart stopped working. I feel like that is a common thing right now and I don't ever remember that taking place. That's just a lot of stuff to continue, continually taking in. And the thing that we get the opportunity to steward is how do you keep a tender heart in that? Like how do you keep a tender heart and still be present in the midst of so much stuff going on? And the thing that we get the opportunity to navigate is also how do you not suppress your heart, your emotions, just so we can survive because we're dynamic people, so we're capable of that. But really, I don't think that's the highest level of living. You know, like we can live from our hearts, we can live from our heads, we can live from our gut, we can live from all of it, or we can just push it down and just put one foot in front of the other and one day turns into another, a week passes, and then there's your life. 
And I love John 10, 10. The thief comes or does not come except to, to kill, steal, destroy. But I have come that they may have life and life abundantly. And that's the kind of life we, we want. We don't want to just live day to day because we can do that. And I'm not interested in that at all. Like we want to live fully alive. One of my favorite verses is um, Ezekiel. And let me give you a little bit of background in Ezekiel. I get saved when I'm in sixth grade and my life radically changes when I just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I didn't even fully know what I was doing except for I was asked and so I prayed, Jesus, come to my heart. And everything changed radically for me as a sixth grader in Eureka, California. And I, all I can say is my heart, what God did it when he touched, when his love touched me, from that moment on, you could never convince me to ever go back. Like, there is nothing like his love. And um, I ended up going to this church and um, had great leaders. And there was this ministry at this church. So I think I'm going into seventh grade by this time. And there's a ministry called the Tambourine Ministry. And it's a dance ministry. And it wasn't like this really cool thing to do for junior hires or anything. But for some reason, a friend and myself wanted to be in this Tambourine Ministry. So we asked the ladies. I think all of them were over the age of 40. And um, that's a great thing. But we're little, you know, young ladies. And we just said, could we be in your tambourine ministry? And they're like, yeah, we, we want to disciple you. So we want to spend time with you and go through some of uh, the word. And it was amazing. So I got discipled by these incredible women who love the deep things of God. And the, one of the first things was pick out your tambourine. And then you get to um, pick out the ribbons that flow off your tambourine. So you can dance before the Lord with your ribbons flowing. And, um, and mind you, this, my sister thought it was the silliest thing. She just made fun of me all the time. But I was like, I'm just going to do this and I'm getting my ribbons. So I go through the book and you have to find a scripture. Like what scripture resonates with you? Like life scripture. And mind you, I'd only been saved for maybe like six months or something. And I'm going through all the scriptures. And this is the scripture. When I read it, I was like, oh. <gasps> That's exactly what happened inside of me when I said yes to Jesus. And it was Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, I give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And it's that scripture when he talks about a heart. I was like, that's exactly what I experienced. See, growing up, my parents were divorced and I was in kindergarten. And there's just so much pain and having step parents and feeling the rejection, all the stuff that you probably shouldn't feel as a child. And I knew what broken felt like and then I knew what love felt like like true perfect love because God is love so we say yes to that and you're like what in the world happened to me you could never convince me to go back like it I wouldn't know there's nothing that you could do so even growing up and being with friends in um youth group and everyone making different choices and messing around and taking the Lord for granted I'm like you stupid people I'm so sorry like there is nothing that I would ever would be enticing um, other than the Lord, just because I know brokenness and I don't want to live like that. I don't, I don't want that. And I want to live abundantly. I also love Proverbs, Proverbs 4, 23 says above all else, God guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And we know that the Lord values the heart, but the heart is actually, it's essential for all that we do. And so when I read scriptures like this, and then I know how it was when I experienced God's love, so I know brokenness and surviving. And like God has so much more for us. So when I talk about abundance, I think it's the difference between surviving and thriving. 
And so tonight, my prayer is that the Lord would awaken our hearts from coming out of a place of shutdown, coming out, and I'm not saying, we, I know our nation was shut down, but I actually think a lot of us, in, as we're navigating things, I think a lot of us have had to make decisions, and there's parts of us that still need to be woken up, need to be woken up as we step into a new season, and the Lord wants to tenderize our hearts. And so tonight, I wanna, I'm going to pray over us, but we're going to do different things throughout the night and pray for different people and even have a ministry time at the end because I would not want us to come here without receiving all that God is releasing tonight because I believe there's a fresh fire for our hearts tonight and that we're not meant just to survive, but he's actually calling us to thrive in every area and every part of our heart. So I thank you, Lord, that you are the great, you are the great shepherd. You know exactly what we need, Lord, and you are our perfect provider. And tonight, Lord, I thank you, God, that you're providing everything that we need. So I bless every heart to receive what God has for you. God, I pray that none of us would miss what you, you have for us tonight, that we eat fully from your table. God, we love you and we trust you. And we open up our hearts. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come. Yeah, we love every part of you, God. Yeah, we just welcome you, Lord. I pray that you would just touch us. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to start by talking about David, King David in the Bible. I went through a season where I had issues with King David. And King David is in, you know, a pretty significant part of the Bible. And so I thought, Lord, I better... I need to learn more about David because you loved him so much and I have an issue with him, so I need to change my attitude about David. So I made sure to read through all of the Psalms, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, because it talks about David's life. And see, my issue with David is that he slept with Bathsheba. So he slept with someone else's wife and then he had her husband killed. And I'm like, why do you love him so much, Lord? And, um, and so after reading through all the Psalms, talking to the Lord, and um, I felt like I got God's narrative and perspective on David. And even as I was thinking about just the value of our heart and when God's inviting us into being alive and healthy and whole in that space, I thought of David. See, David was a shepherd boy. He was a giant killer. He was king for 40 years. But more than anything else, he was considered a man after God's own heart. That is a huge thing to be, um, to be talked about as a man after God's own heart. In Acts 13, 23 and 24, it says, and when he had removed him, it was talking about the history of Israel and the different kings. So when God had removed um, him, the previous one, he raised up for them David as king. So this is talking about David in the word, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will from this man's seed, according to the promise God raised up for Israel, a savior, Jesus. So God loved David so much that he wasn't just a man after his own heart, but Jesus, our Savior, is considered and referred to often as son of David. I'm like, wow, Lord, this is crazy. I, I love how much God loved David. And then I look at his own life. What, it, what was it about David that made him so special? And I want to I felt like there was something as well that I wanted to make mention of, and it's in 1 Samuel 17, 34, um, 
talking about David before he went in to kill Goliath. He uh, responds to Saul. It says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. In backstory on this, Goliath is taunting the Israelites and all of them are afraid. And David, he's like supposed to be 10 to 15 years old at this time. He's bringing his brother's food. And, um, and this is his response when he's around all those warriors, all the, the different um, leaders and warriors for Israelites. And it was the little boy who says, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose again against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has, he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And I, what I love about this is he's talking about something, being with the animals and the, being a shepherd. He was by himself most likely. So he's talking about something that nobody saw, didn't seem that important. And um, he comes and look where it brought him to. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And so out of all these people, look who rose up courageous. Where did that get developed in him? In a secret place, in a space that wasn't, he probably wasn't living his dreams while he's um, taking care of the animals. And what I want to encourage you with is it's crazy what God can develop in us when we're just faithful where we're at. And I say that because wherever you're at right now, even if you're not like, I'm not living that thing, even as Eric's saying, when are we going to get there? God, when is that going to happen? What if he's preparing everything inside of you right now? Like, it wouldn't that be, wasn't that amazing? So I see what God developed in David was a deep love for him as he was with the, taking care of the animals, of the sheep and protecting them, that there was a love relationship going on. There was a knowing and a confidence that he learned just by taking care of and protecting the sheep. Like, what is God teaching you in this season? And there was a courage because he learned who God was and he trusted it. So even you change out the animal, you change it out, and it turns into a Philistine. And how much was he afraid? He wasn't because he knew who God was. And there's things that you probably are holding in your heart that you want to step into, and they're bigger and brighter than what you're doing. But how are we being faithful right now? I think we'll determine what we're able to step into in this next season because that's, what we'll, that's how we'll step in as. So David was a shepherd boy. He was uh, killed a giant killer. He was king. He was described as a man after God's own heart. And I love that generations were blessed and favored because of David. From his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, they would do something wrong in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord would say, oh, but I won't do this because of your father, David. I'm like, oh, what, a, what an awesome thing to have cultivated with the Lord. So much love and favor. I'm like, how do we do that? Because that's the kind of relationship I want to have with God. And this is even before Jesus. Like, let that blow your mind for a second. This is before Jesus made a way. This is David and God having um, a relationship. And so I want to read. Um, so, okay, here's another thing before I go into Psalms 139. Is 
David was a big deal. And I honestly think a part of it was, is even how he responded to his sin. Where after he slept with Bathsheba, the prophet comes to him and tells him, whoa, you know, look, look what you've done. And he responds, oh my gosh, I have done that. And he, want, he repents. He owns it. And then he goes and worships God. I'm like, how fast he was to run to God. I think there's something in that for us. Like how, how to stay tenderhearted and how to stay alive and present is how fast are we to run to the Lord? How fast are we to yield to him? And I want to read Psalms 139 because as I was reading it, and this is kind of long, but I just want you to stick with me. I'm choosing the Passion Translation, and we're going to skip around Psalms 193 because there's so much beauty in it that God didn't call us just to be followers of Jesus who come to church and read the Bible and sing awesome worship songs together. Like, that's all good, but he's actually calling us into something really personal and intimate with him. And you can see it in the way David interacts with God, how he talks about God. And I want us to just, I want you just to open your heart and listen as I'm going to read, we're going to read a couple, like five different uh, passages together. Psalms 139, Passion Translation, on purpose, because it felt so beautiful and intimate out of all the translations. Psalms 139, verse 1, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. David was all about knowing God and being known by him. And this is one of the things, even when you read the New Testament, about those who make it into heaven and those who don't depend even depending on even if you do miracles and signs and wonders, if he never knew us, it's a really big thing, guys. And as a church, I hope that is sobering to us. And I just want to say God's inviting us in closer. So however much you know him, like he has so much more for us to know and, um, and for him to know us. In verse 11 through 12, David continues, it's impossible to, dis- to disappear from you. Does that make you feel good? It's impossible to disappear from you. If anyone's feeling a little lost, not sure where the Lord is, I just want you to know he knows exactly where you're at. Or to ask the darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day. There is no difference between the two. That is so encouraging. When there's darkness, and we go through dark times, often there's times that I can tell are dark because I can't see anything. It's just like if you turn all the lights off and go, okay, where am I supposed to go next, God? Or where are you, Lord? And even though, of course, I trust him, I'm like, yes, I'm going to bring you my heart. But Lord, I need you. But like he is, I love that, that he is, a, he is as bright as the day. And so as you're sitting here, if there's anyone who just feels like they're in a dark space, I pray that you would experience God as the day and that he would be with you. And when we're going through hard things, I, one of my favorite things is getting to know God in new ways and new spaces. For us, even um, having my grandmother die in May and Eric's mom die in um, July, it's just a lot of stuff to process. And God is very near to the brokenhearted. 
That's, that's, who he, that's who he is. So in any spaces of pain, we get a Lord who is ever-present. And, um, and he is drawing near to those who are walking through hard things. So going on to verse 14, it says, Thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Look at your neighbor and say, you're mysteriously complex. <laughs> in all the best ways, in all the best ways. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. If you don't feel known by anyone else, know that the Lord knows every part of you. And I hope that brings you deep peace wherever you're at, that you are known by the Lord. Verses 17 and 18, every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Just stop for a moment. How loved do you think David felt? Like right now we're getting, this is like a love note to the Lord. Every single moment you're thinking of me. Could you imagine feeling that from the Lord and knowing and knowing Every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of the sand on every shore. When I, when I awake each morning, you're still with me. It's interesting, Michael Lechleitner was in first service and he said, I was praying before the service and I saw a giant dune, like a mound of sand. And I was praying like, Lord, what is that? What should I be praying for? He said, and, it, and I wasn't completely sure. He goes, but I felt like it was a really good thing. And then you read that scripture about the, um, that your desires toward me are more than the grains of the sand on every shore. And he goes, and I felt like, oh, that mound of sand there it is right there, that those are your desires for me. I'm like, oh, for us to know the love of God. In verse uh, 23, just continuing in Psalms 139, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. That could sound like a scary thing, but if you love and trust someone and you know they love you more than anything, isn't that a wonderful thing to run into? And I think often, some, often as humans, when we do something wrong or we're scared, we, the first thing we do is we go and hide instead of going, actually, let me run to you, God. Let me come to you and you can search me. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that has been hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. And that's my prayer tonight, that as we're sitting here, that God would just come and begin to just love on our hearts. Because I know we're all in different spaces. Even if you're sitting here and you're like, I'm doing amazing. I'm like, and we all need more of God's love because there's so much more. Because see, sometimes there's moments, there's weeks, there's months there's even seasons that are just a lot that we just have to muscle through. It's just part of life. It's a, a responsibility, but at the same time, there's things that, um, that God opens up and invites us into when we've been in seasons like that for a long time. When I was in college, uh, going to school full-time, usually I think it took a minimal of 15 units every semester, working 25 hours a week. Uh, I went to a Christian school, so doing ministry on the weekends, um, and I loved all of it. But talk about a thick season where you're just like, my voice was raspy all the time. Just like, always oh, just a little like this because I was only sleeping like four hours a night. 
And um, just, and not because I was partying it up, it's because I was working really hard. I was on a GPA scholarship um, and trying to pay off my schooling at the same time. And it was an amazing season. And I did, cha- we did chapel every weekday. So even in chapel, of course, you know, I was having my quiet time going to chapel as well, worshiping, saying, you know, loving the Lord, doing everything I could. But I remember I meet Eric and then we go visit Bethel. I think it was my second semester. And um, I walk into the church, and, and I didn't, everybody's new. I'm meeting his family for the first time. Like, you want to be on your best behavior. You want to act normal. You know, like, I am a normal person. I walk into the church, and I can barely compose myself. I'm sobbing, sobbing in church. <laughs> like, I can't even hold it together. I'm like, come on, Candace, get it together. I am sobbing. I can't control myself because God's love is so thick there that I'm just undone, because that's how I know God. Like, if you were to say, what's your favorite thing about God? He's love. Like, I've never known a love like this before that makes you whole, a love that heals things, that makes things straight. That's how I know God, and I'm in this place, and his love is so thick, I'm just like, I am so undone by your love. So that was me, and it was because I was in a thick season of just doing a lot of things, muscling through, that being in an intense moment with the Lord was everything that I needed just to fill me up, to touch every spot of my heart. And I feel like that's what the Lord wants to do is invite us into his space where we just experience his delight. There's nothing like experiencing his delight. It's so humbling to know how he feels about you. If you ever want to just ask him, God, how do you feel about me? And just be prepared to be undone. Is there anyone in here who has kids under the age of five? We've a couple of you. Um, I want to pray for anyone who has kids under the age of five right now. Um, I'm thinking of really intense season. And actually, I want to pray for anyone who just feels like they're in a season where they are muscling through. We're grinding it out, grinding it out. Because I feel like the Lord just wants to come and refresh you. Um, And so if you want to, if you feel like you're in that and you want prayer, that you're just grinding stuff out, I want to pray for you. You can stand up. And we're going to pray for anyone. You do not have to leave here without any prayer. And I actually believe that the Lord is going to shift stuff in your life as we pray for you. Because there's something happens when we say yes to an invitation, but also when we yield to him. And then when people around you add their faith to what God is doing in your life. So if you are around someone who's standing, I just want you to put your hand on them. We are going to pray. I thank you, Lord, that you know us. You know everything about us. And there's nothing that you don't see. And so we stand with our friends right now. God, and I invite your perfect love right now into their season. God, and I ask for um, a refreshing, that you would come and be Jehovah Jireh and provide more than enough right now. And I speak to the deep places of your heart. Yeah, I speak and I just say, receive God's love. Yeah, and I pray, God, that you would um, speak to them clearly and you would show them what you, how you feel about them. Yeah, I pray that you right now would show them how you feel about them and speak to them. So we stand and hold you up. Yeah, we paint a target around you. We paint a target that says more God, more of God more of God. And even while you're sleeping, I pray that your sleep would be double, triple, that you wake up extremely refreshed. Yeah. And I speak to your spirit 
And I say, be refreshed tonight. Holy Spirit, come and fill them up. Come and fill them up in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, God, for just your grace and your mercy. Yeah, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Yeah, bless you guys. Thank you. I'm going to be wrapping up in just a moment, but I want to go through three things, three signs that you are numbing your emotions. And um, I know there's, you know, easy things like sometimes we can just watch Netflix for days and that's an easy, you know, distraction, numbing. We can go shopping. We can do it with food. But these are three things I thought were really interesting. If you experience less joy... Often that can be a sign of numbing your emotions. I love Brene Brown um, in The Gift of Imperfection talks about when we numb pain, that we cannot choose to numb pain and not numb positive feelings as well. Like it actually starts to tell your brain something that you um, are all around, all your emotions are going to be, the pathways to them are going to be lessened. And so when we numb, often we experience less joy and fulfillment in life. Number two, we get addicted to doing. And some of us already are really good at doing things and making lists and checking them off. But when we're numbing emotions, we are not able to even sit with ourselves or sit with our emotions because we have to fill everything up by continuing to do and to prep and re-prep the things that are already prepped and make sure everything's clean and re-cleaned because we could never sit with ourselves. I just want to say God has a way better life for us than this, guys. Um, Number three, this is just to help us in case we're not, you know, thinking of ourselves. We lose it over little things. Because we shove our emotions down and we numb them um, so much, but our emotions will never fully go away. They'll just come out when we don't want them to. Like, we'll just do something little or they give you the wrong change back or they run a red light and you're sitting there and you want to go after them and run them over. Because your emotions are way out of whack. (laughs) Or you're doing, I'm like, no, I'm not speaking to you. (laughs) But um, losing it over little things, when it's uncalled for, sometimes that's a symptom that there's other things going on inside of our lives. And I love to read these because I do believe the Lord is inviting us in to a better life. Like we don't need to stay where we're at. And I do believe that we're still as well, getting used to a new normal in life. Because stuff has changed, but God has already provided. And he has new things for us as well. And so um, bringing it back to um, what does it look like to reconnect with our heart and with ourselves? I just, um, going back to Psalms 139, knowing and being known. Often, you know, we could say, oh, we know the Lord, but in reality, we know more about him than we know him. Because like an example, Adam and Shana, I don't think they're here anymore, but um, I knew about them way before I knew them. My daughter had gone to YWAM and met one of the girls that were in their school. And, oh, they, you got to meet Adam and Shana. They're so amazing. And then Tanasha was working with Adam and Shana. I felt like I knew them, but I didn't know them because I only knew what people would tell me about Adam and Shana Acosta. Well, they end up moving with us and I get to know them they are way more wonderful than anyone else could ever describe them to me. Like they are the real deal. They are so easy to get to know. They are so loving. They are gracious. They are so wonderful to know as people. They have enriched our lives so much. I knew about them and it was way different than actually knowing them. And so I want to tell you who are Christians in this house and even how much we know the Lord thus far. I actually believe part of us reconnecting with our hearts in every space 
is knowing God and having fresh experiences with him, which requires honesty and vulnerability from us and being willing to bring our real selves before God, even no matter what we look like. And that's the fun thing. God's never afraid of us. And then secondly, drawing near um, in humility and in surrender. We're going to take a moment, even if Reva and Kim want to come up, we're going to put a worship song on um, and give us a chance just to yield to the Lord as we're wrapping up tonight because that's one of the opportunities that God invites us into is what does it look like to be humble? And it's coming in and taking our hearts and our lives and just yielding and surrendering before him. If we need to repent uh, or surrender or turn from any sin, um, that does not exclude us, um, but he invites us into giving, uh, inviting him into that space and turning from our sin. And then lastly, experience. That's what I see from David. David was a consistent worshiper and he would, um, he would continually come in before the Lord. And it's just even coming to a place where we acknowledge who he is. That's the beginning of worship. It's just who is God? And that we would, I love Psalms 46, to be still and know him. A lot of us are really good at doing. What if we just sat before him and actually brought our real selves and let his love touch all the places and touch every situation. So I'm going to have Reva and Kim play and then just sing this song for a moment. And what I would ask, even, if it, even as it's getting a little bit later, this is the last thing, if we could just have the strength to just be present for just a moment, because I believe the Lord wants to touch our hearts. I believe that the Lord um, wants to continue to love on us, that he's been loving on us tonight. But I right now speak to your hearts just to awaken and to receive what God has. I believe that we're supposed to leave differently than we came in. Yeah, and even if you need to take a deep breath so you don't fall asleep, I know it's getting late. But I truly believe that the Lord wants to set your heart on fire. That there is a way better life. And even a lot of us have good lives, but he's calling us higher and he's calling us deeper. And there's nothing like his love. Yeah, so we're gonna sing this song for a moment. You can sit there, you can receive, you can yield your heart, you can be inspired by David. That we could just respond, we could respond to the invitation tonight. Desire is to know 
measure of your love, a fresh outpouring of your love. I thank you, Lord, that you have more than enough, more than enough. Yeah, and I pray for any spaces in us that are empty, that you would come and feel if there's any spaces in us that are dead or lacking, that you would come and touch and make it alive. Thank you, Lord, for your love, that there's nothing too great for your love. I pray for a fresh fire of your love in our heart right now. A fresh fire that couldn't just be in this service, but that we would go out with us and it would only increase as we walk away and we drive home and as we get in our beds, Lord. I ask that you would set our hearts on fire, on fire with your love and that it would burn out anything inside of us that isn't supposed to be there or anything that's come against us, Lord. I ask for a fire right now in our hearts. Yeah, thank you, Lord. I thank you for your love. We say yes to you when we yield to you tonight. Yeah, here we are, Lord, and we're looking at you. Yeah, we love you. We want to know you more, and we want you to know every part of us, Lord. Yeah, here we are yielded before you. Yeah, I thank you for my studio family, Lord. Yeah, I just ask, Father, for just a fresh, a fresh dose of courage for our family just to come before you, yeah, to say yes, even to this invitation, God, that we would have the courage and strength to lean in even deeper. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, I bless everyone here. I say yes and amen to the promises of God over your lives. I say yes and amen to destinies in this room. Yes and amen to hearts in this room. Receive all that you have for us tonight. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope this talk benefits you in every way possible. For more information about Studio, you can go to studiogreenville.com or go to Instagram and look for studio.greenville. We would also love it if you would leave a review and hit those five stars. Other than that, 
Have a great week, and we'll see you soon.